in these days of times. The peace of God will step into the chaos and give you sweet peace in the midst of your storm. I, I really don't know how he does it. I just know he does. Excuse me while I get my water ready. You can just tell somebody so long while I get water together. <laughs> got a few more Israel words, Hebrew words, but I ain't going to break it out yet, okay? <laughs> Today, I want you to stay in the salon of God, amen. You have your Bibles with you. We are on our second sermon on the series that we have embarked upon as we investigate, as we study the prayers that Paul prayed for the church of Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 1 and Ephesians chapter 3. I believe that these prayers are transforming. I believe that not only will it transform what you pray for, but while you're praying it, you will be transformed. Last week, we dealt with just one concept, with one ideal, but if you catch that, it would change the way you enter prayer. It was ideal that, that, that God is our Abba, through Christ Jesus, he's our Abba, which means he's our, it's the little child saying, Dada, Daddy. That in God's eyesight, you're not grown, you're small. Amen. Today, I, I want to step into that a little bit deeper and, and help us to understand that the way you approach God in prayer means everything. And just like he is our Abba, that, that you can run to him. You can run to him and expect to find help in the time of need. So allow me to come against some false ideologies that we have about prayer and our concept of how we have to come. We are reading out of the Amplified Bible, which is coming out of Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. It will be on the screen before you as you can follow. And it reads as such in our hearing. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints, that is the people of God, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. For I always pray to God the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may grant unto you a a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the insight of the mysteries of the secret into the deep and intimate knowledge of him. By having the eyes of your heart flooded with light so that you can know and understand the hope to which 
He has called you. And how rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints, that is his, his set-apart ones. And so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable, unlimited, surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe as demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, every title that can be conferred, not only in this age, in this world, but also in the age and the world which are to come, that he has put all things under his feet and has appointed him the universal and supreme head of the church, a headship exercised throughout the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who feels all in all. For in that body lives the fullness of him who makes everything complete, who feels everything everywhere with himself. Father, even now. Father, even now. So continue to saturate this place that as we just scratch the surface on what you want us to say, allow us to be pointed, clear, concise. Then allow your Holy Spirit to give enablement to the hearers, not just me, the speaker, but to the hearers, that they may hear what the Spirit is saying. Speak, Holy Spirit. Get into the innermost crests of our inner being and allow there to be a illumination and a revelation of your truth that we may hear what you are saying to us. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. Speak. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I think that prayer is one of the most important elements of the Christian life. It is so essential in our growth that Satan fights us tooth and nail to make us feel inadequate at this quest for prayer that sometimes, even as God's children, we don't pray. Hmm. And even if we do pray, we don't feel adequate. We don't think we know how. We bring a whole lot of other things into the picture that shouldn't even be there 
So today, I, I'm not going to give you an ABC. I'm just going to just lay some, some concepts out because if we don't have the right concept, we will never feel comfortable in praying. Last week, I, I gave you the picture of a father, of, of a father, and, and not big children, but small children that have just learned how to talk and and the relationship and them trusting their dad and them calling their dad and, and, and they're saying Abba, not father, but Abba, dad, dad, daddy. And I, and I, and I, and I explained to you that, that at one point, one little boy kept on calling. Mom tried to soothe him, but he didn't want mom. But brothers and sisters was around him, but he didn't want them. He wasn't satisfied till his dad stooped down and became face to face with him, and he called him again, but the way he called him was different. <laughs> my, my question to you is, how do you see God? You gotta understand that, that, that in, 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 in the counseling that I have done for years, people of new mission, people not of new mission, people from all over, and, and I discovered that, that, that as I begin to use the word father, that for some people that was a turn off and not a turn on. <laughs> I discovered that some people, that the, their view of God is negative because their view of their biological father is negative. So they never could approach God in a way that was comforting because they have the wrong ideal, the wrong concept, the wrong perspective of who God is to us. I'm not talking about non-Christians. I'm talking about Christians. <laughs> I'm talking about Christians who stand aloof from God because their concept of God has been warped, murdered, mangled because their earthly father was not really a father and they miss and they are missing out on how good our Abba is. Y'all, 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 with me, y'all, y'all, y'all. I mean, I mean, see, 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 see. Paul catches something. He says in Ephesians chapter three, verse fourteen and fifteen, out of the New Living Translation. He said, "When I think about all this, well, all the blessings that God has given to His children," he said, "I literally fall." He said, when I think about the riches and the blessings that God has for you, he said, I can't help myself. I fall. I think one of the problems is that Satan has done a good job of not allowing us to see how good God is. I, I know we sing it. I, 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 I know we say it. But our actions don't match our words. If we really saw the multitude riches and blessings of God that he has for you with your name on it, the first 
person you will run to, the first name you will call, the first utterance you will. I mean, why, why do we try to fix it ourselves when God is right there? See, 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 see I, I think that there is a disconnect between what we say and what we believe. The devil has done a good job uh, of misconstruing our, the picture of who God is towards us. So instead of running to him, instead of waiting on him, we, we put our hands in our own mess and make it messier. Don't, 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 don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. Don't, don't look at me like that don't got your name on it. It got my name on it too. I mean, our picture of Adam when him and Eve disobeyed, well, well, as we read that, how we read it will define how we see God. Do we see God as angry and, 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 and mad and say, why did you do that? Or do we see God brokenhearted because he understands the hurt and pain? I think that we see God brokenhearted because you know what God does? God don't come empty-handed. He comes with the skins of an animal who is his creation too that he had to kill in order to cover now, now watch this, watch this. As God is killing the animal, guess who he's killing in his own mind? His son. <laughs> it's, the per, it's the first picture of salvation when God covers their sin. Now, now, hold on. God made cotton. So why didn't he knit cotton together? Why didn't God just shear a, a lamb and give a wool covering. Because God said, in order to cover you, it's going to cost me something. I want you to see the love of my willing to go with to be your Abba. I want you to understand that something has to die in order for you to live. I want you to know your actions just didn't affect you. It affected me. And I'm willing to do whatever it takes to. Do, do, do you see God like that? I mean, watch this. Not just when you're good, but when you done messed up. Because the truth of the matter is, we don't bring nothing to the table. Whoever told you that you got to bring something to the table when you come to him, because everything you got, he gave it to you. So therefore, why do we come to God and go, are you pleased with me? He's not pleased with what you do. He pleases who you are because he made you who you are. It's not about your works. It's about who you are. You don't got nothing to bring anyway. Come on, walk with me. 
You see, you see, you see, because, because, because as I'm coming to please him, it makes me feel like I have done something. But what I realize, there's nothing I can do to make me right in his eyes that he has already provided everything I need. What's dealing with this with a young man who, 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 who was not quite getting it. And I knew his life story, so I, I, I reached back into his foul cabinet. I said, you remember this? I, I, I reached back in the foul cabinet of his mind uh, when he did something and, he, and he, he became hurt from what he did, but what he did was because he was wrong in doing something. Have you been there? And here he is in the hospital, and, and, and I asked, I said, I said, what did you think? He said, I was afraid. I said, what was you afraid of? He said, I was afraid of what my dad was going to do. Have you been there? <laughs> I said, and I knew the story, and I knew his dad, so I knew how his dad reacted without him telling me. I said, what did your dad do? He said, I saw love and compassion in my father's eyes. And I saw him worried about whether I was going to be okay. He said he'd even bring up what I did. He didn't even ask me why I did it. He said my dad started talking to the doctors and the nurses. And he took, he said, my dad took over. I said, how did you, that make you feel? He said, because my dad was in the room. And my dad came in there and loved on me. He said, I wasn't afraid of nothing because my dad was showed up. And my dad was in the room. He said, and I knew that everything was going to be okay. I still was in the hospital. I still needed treatment. I still, the doctors and stuff, needed to do something. But just because my dad stepped in the room, everything was okay. And I was comforted. I was taken care of. For some of you, you can't relate to what I'm talking about from a natural father. And you're stuck because you never had a natural father to be like that. What I'm trying to say to you today is erase. Don't equate your natural father with your heavenly daddy. If you got to call it Abba, call it Abba. Do whatever you got to do to go get your Abba and know that he will step right where you are and show up and meet you where you are. Y'all got to walk with me. You see, 
As long as we stay stuck in the natural, we're never going to grow in the spiritual. That's why it's so important to forgive your mama and your daddy and everybody else that has ever hurt you because the hurt of your past can keep you from the blessings of your future. Y'all got to hear me. And the devil has already played a game on you. So why are you going to let him keep you in stuck when God has given you everything you need to move forward? Abba, not running from him, but running to him because he's everything we need. With our mess ups, with our, with our problems, with our issues, listen. Show the olive trees, show the olive trees, show the olive trees. Got some pictures here from Israel. They're olive trees. That's really the Mount Carmel. And you, you see the trees down, that's, that's in the forefront, those olive trees. We had to walk down this steep walkway, and we all thinking, I hope the bus is going to meet us. <laughs> because if you're going down, you got to go up. So we came to a place of an open of a plateau, and these are olive trees. What I discovered is is that wild olive trees, wild, say wild. wild. Olive trees grow, but they don't give olives. <laughs> Only cultivated olive trees give olives. Let me, you want me to blow your mind again? Did you know that the difference between a green olive and a black olive is that the black olives stay on the tree a year after it's green? And the coloration turns black. I'm standing looking at an olive tree that got green olives and black olives. And our guide tells us that the black olives been here last year and the green olives came up this year. <laughs> here we are, and we're in this valley, and we're looking up. You can't see it here in the background. You can't see that rock. And we're looking where this is where Elijah is supposed to have preached to the, the Israelites and said, choose either the, the prophet Baal or, or, or choose Jehovah God. And, and, and this is an amazing thing is Elijah must have went up and down this mountainside about four times. 
and they must have been standing in this plateau, and he's up on top, and you can even see evidence of what seems to be an altar. And we're standing there, and apparently somebody comes down, and they have these cultivated olive trees in this opening of the plateau. Now watch this. Romans chapter 11. You know what God says about us? This is what God says. God says, you used to be wild olive trees. But now I have engrafted you into a cultivated olive tree so that now my life flow flows through you so that you can bear fruit. Hold on. Stop right there. That says that of yourself and in yourself, you literally can do nothing. You know what's wrong with the church? We trying to be Christians. We're trying to do what only the Holy Spirit can do. We're getting frustrated because we're trying to do what we can't do. And we're trying to offer to God bad fruit. Matter of fact, it's not even fruit, it's leaves. Because within ourselves, we can't grow nothing. The source of our strength is that we have been placed in Jesus. And if our salvation comes from Jesus, then by faith comes everything else as we depend on him to be our source of peace, our source of joy, our source of strength, our source of character, because you can't change you. Uh, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me show you. Okay, you don't smoke coke no more, but you're an alcoholic. Okay, you quit cigarettes, but you're a shopaholic. Okay, you're not a sexaholic, but you some type of holic. Why? Because the flesh don't care how it manifests itself. It just cares that it manifests itself and keeps us in bondage. And the only thing that can put the flesh attitude us in check is the spirit of the living God. Engrafted. That's why Paul says 15 times in Ephesians chapter 1, in Christ, in Christ. And what he's saying is everything you are, everything you hope to be is in him. So why run from him? Run to him for everything. Listen, God's not asking you to check the boxes because you can't. Listen, you know how much freedom it is that God is not looking at us to be what we can't be without him? 
that he really want me to find freedom, that the deeper I get in Jesus, that 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 which he wants me to be just comes. The problem is, we're not going to our, every day, my brothers and sisters, you got to say, Lord, fill me. Hold on, let me, let me throw, throw a, a kicker at you. Lord, heal me. <laughs> Hold on, because if I don't die, Christ can't live in me. I got a battle going on on the inside because you and I don't want to die. We got this thing all backwards because we want to bring self-effort into it. You know what's this? God loves you when you bad. He loves you when you good. He loves you when you miss it. His love for you don't change based on you because his love isn't based on you. His love is based on him. He died for you while he was a sinner. So why you think you're going to gain something now that you're saved? Because it never was based on you. It was always based on him. So you might as well set yourself free and say, Lord, it's me and you. It's all about Whoa. See, see, this is relationship. And having the flow of the cultivated olive tree flowing through you, and you can sense the Holy Spirit. When you let go, God will begin to correct your attitude. You know what? One of the most difficult things when God shows the mirror of his word and you realize you're not allowing him. Did you hear what I said? Allowing him to do what he wants to do inside of us. Listen. How many blessings have we left on the table? How many opportunities have we missed out on? How high did God want to take us, but he can't trust us to take us any higher because we are not faithful where we're at, so he can't lift us any higher because if he lifts us any higher, we'll jack it all up. Listen, the degree of my blessing and your blessing is really controlled by us. Amen. Amen. Of, of how we allow to appropriate and work through us and the life flow of Jesus working through us. Listen, and the key is coming. I mean, it's an attitude of saying, Lord, I come to you. 
some Jacobs in the house. You know why Jacob wouldn't let go? Jacob remembered the promise that God had promised him. And Jacob said, even if you knock my hip out of joint, I'm not going to let go until you bless me. I know I'm not all I ought to be, but my blessing ain't based on me being all that. You promised you were going to bless me, and I'm going to hold on with all my strength until you bless me. You see, I know what you said, and it's not based on me. It's based on you. Because I can't do this myself. So I'm going to hold on until you bless. Is anybody holding on until God bless you? There's a promise on the table. What we don't understand is in the holding on, you being transformed. What we don't understand is God is working on the heart while we're running to him. What we don't understand is that, that unless you allow God to transform you, you don't experience the next level of God. So you know what God would do? He would send us through trouble to take us higher. Oh, we talk about we want to go higher. We talk about we want to be annoying. Do you know what you asked him for? I'm just trying to prepare you. I, I want you to go higher. But I want you to know that, that there's no higher level without going through some tribulation. There's no greater glory without going through some suffering. So hold on to the promise of God that is coming your way. You know, you got to get to the place. You don't care what folks think. Some folks would tell you it don't take all that. Wait a minute. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I'm going through. It may not take all that for you, but for me, oh, yes, it does. So excuse me if I have to stand up and praise God. Oh, I mean, you know what? I've come by the wall and praise God. Leave me alone. I'm fine, but I'm getting someplace. I'm holding on to the promise God has for me. You know, some of us too cute to be blessed. Can't mess up your mascara. Can't praise yourself out your... Can't break your shafars. When we get serious, when we get desperate, 
Spirit will make you do things that you said you wouldn't do. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, might as well go there with me. Desperate will make you act like the people you used to laugh at. I will never come in here brokenhearted one Sunday and let the choir sing that song. And you play, ah, ah, snotting all over the place. After a while, you just say, yeah, I snotted all over myself. But after I got through snotting, God bless me. God bless me. You just don't know. I was about ready to lose my mind. And now I got some peace up in here. Shalom. Tell your neighbor Shalom. Tell Shalom. Tell Shalom. Tell Shalom. He says, he says, he says in the Amplified, Ephesians 3, 14 and 15, that for this reason, seeing the greatness of his plan, that you are built. Did you know that God's plan concerning you is great? <laughs> Listen, if we really believe this, we will be excited before we get to the greatness. Some, somebody didn't hear that. Right now, it may not be great. It may be drudgery. But if you know the plan of God and the character of God, then you have an expectation on the table that once he is through taking you through, that he got something more in store for you. Uh, Y'all need to hear me. Y'all need to hear me. Because sometimes the only thing you got to hold on to is an expectation. Hold on, I I wanna talk to some folks because this isn't for everybody. Because some folks think that they're living a life I'm talking about when God has stripped everything from you. I'm talking about you have done the best you can and everything is still going wrong. I'm talking about when it's problem and what you think you over that problem, another problem here, and before that gets fixed. And now I'm talking when God got you in isolation. I'm talking about when you're in a desert place and it's your wilderness. And the only reason why you get up in the morning because you got an expectation on the table. And you have made up your mind. I'm going to say hallelujah anyhow. Prayer, going to your father and finding not what's in his hand, but finding him. The problem with prosperity preachers, and, and God have no problem blessing financially, blessing and all that. He don't mind none of that. But the problem is, it's the approach of seeking God for what's in his hand. 
That's adultery. That's making a God out of what's in his hand. God wants us to get to the place where we want his hand. See, what we don't understand is if you got his hand, you get everything that's in his hand. <laughs> but your desire got to be you want his hand. So once you get his hand, even if he don't give you what's in his hands right away, you're satisfied with his hand. That little baby was just leaning back on his dad, and he didn't care what else was going on. He was in a place with strange people, eating, talking to strange me, and he paid me no attention Sucking on a pacifier, laid back in his daddy's arm, kicking his legs, swinging his arm, saying, I'm satisfied. The other baby, when his dad stooped down and he could look in his dad's eyes, he reached up and touched his dad's face. And when I heard he say, Abba, this time, it was Abba satisfaction. He said, Abba. My question is, what are you seeking before you seek him? You see, God wants to be number one in our life. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his rights. Then all these other things. Then, then. You know, you know what I discovered? What I discovered is once you really get in that place of shalom, even when he hasn't changed anything, you are satisfied on the inside. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So, so whether he changes or give you that or this, it really doesn't matter because what you got is what you need and it's him. Uh, uh, let, let, then when he began to bless you with what you wanted, and then it's like, okay, that's good, but I take that, but I won't take that in the place of you. So I find out that that wasn't what I really wanted and needed. What I really wanted is you, so that blessing going to help me praise you more because you really didn't have to do it, but you did. <laughs> Let me, let me, can, 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 I, can, I, can I just make this easy? Our number one desire ought to be him. We got to get to the place that we peel all the anchor. Watch, watch this. Hebrews chapter 4 says this. He says, we don't have a high priest that that, that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities because he was tested at all points just like we are. He said, Jesus is making intercession for us. And watch this, we, we, went, to, we went to Shiloh. Shiloh was the place where, where, where the prophet Samuel grew up. We saw the ruins of this place. You can actually see the rocks and the stone and, and the temple and all that. Matter of fact, uh, me and Reverend Ingram got some rocks from Shiloh. 
you know, where the temple that they found was under 10 feet of dirt. I don't have the picture up there. But, 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 but while, while we was there, the, 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 our tour guide told us that what they would do is when the high priest went into the Holy of Holies, they would tie a rope around him. And then at the bottom of his skirt was bells. See, the reason why he had bells, because while he had bells and walking, they could tell that he was still alive. Because if he messed up, he would fall dead. And you couldn't go get him. You know why you couldn't go get him? <laughs> It'd be two dead folks. <laughs> I don't care how much you loved him, you didn't go get him. You didn't go into the presence of God. So, 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 so if things got quiet, they would say, are you in there? Are you okay? And if they don't get a response, they say, okay, y'all, another one of them bite the dust. <laughs> and they would pull... He went in with blood on his right ear, blood on his right thumb, blood on his right toe to represent I'm covered by the blood. Don't you realize you're covered? Did you, did you hear me? Based on what Jesus did, and if you are in Jesus, you're covered. You know, how can I say this? I am the middle child of Joseph and Armaline Ventus. I was probably the bad child. Matter of fact, I know I was a bad child. My mom told me I was the bad child. I was a child, no, I was a dangerous child because I had no sense of stop. Which means that when I came home, you didn't know what I would come home broken with. Broke this ankle, broke this ankle, broke a rib, stitches, stitches, stitches. I don't know how many different scars. Um, chipped tooth, right? Chipped it on a pole. Um, numerous. Oh, that's enough. Y'all get the point. That's off the top of my head, okay? Um, listen, my mom, when, when God was telling her, I got you, my mom said, but God, we're talking about Tracy. <laughs> and God had to remind her, but I'm God. What I'm trying to say is, no matter who you are, what you have done, if you're covered, you're covered. Make sure you're in Jesus. Make sure you're covered. Don't, 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 don't fool yourself because you can't tell me that you know Jesus and you can still do everything you used to do. You can't tell me you can go back out there and, and still have fun doing Something changes on the inside. You can't tell me you can run with the devil and be comfortable being a child of God. 
there's a monkey on that line somewhere. But, 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 but if God is working on you, if God is, is molding you, then know that you're covered. Listen, because we covered, that means that even after you have messed up, don't run from God, run to him because your help to get up from what you messed up from is going to be from him. I tell people all the time, roll forward. If you fall, don't fall backwards. Fall, roll, duck, tuck, and roll forward. That out of my fall, I'm now standing closer to him so I won't fall the way I fell before because the devil may have tripped me up, but I purposely fell forward. So when I stand back up, I'm stronger, I'm smarter, I'm closer than when I fell. You ought to make the devil sorry he messed with you. Now I'm going to praise God even more. I'm going to get in his presence even more. Mess with me. I'm going to show you. My brother and sister, why? Our strength is from him. Look what he says. That because of Jesus being our high priest and he has covered, he says that you may come both. Don't say perfectly because you perfect. You come because Jesus is your high priest. He has made intercession for you. He has opened up the door for you. The, the, the curtain has been ripped. So in your mess, run to him. With your bad attitude, run to him. After you done messed up big time, run to him. Where you think you're going to get the strength to go through what you got to go through? Even when he whoops you, run to him. I, got, I, I learned something. I learned something. You understand that the first time I was on a plane was going to Kenya, Africa. That means that we went from here to London in one of those big planes. Not out. From London to Kenya, nine, ten hours. I don't know what's wrong with me, but something's wrong with me. <laughs> I can't sleep on a plane. I'm not scared. I, I, I was fascinated by it. I like flying because I feel like, you know, if it's meant for me to go, I won't feel nothing. <laughs> Okay, and, and, and what's it? And the plane not going down if my purpose is not fulfilled. Amen. Let me tell you how much I believe this. We was going through, and I said, Lord, you can't let it go down because I'm on it. And I know my purpose ain't finished yet. So every, so every time, Lord, I'm here, and you're not done with me yet. 
the next time you're on a plane, start claiming your purpose. Okay, let me, let me go on, let me go on, let me go on. I told y'all I'm not right in the head, but I believe that's faith talk right there. I believe that's faith talk. So watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Did you know that smaller planes can only go so high, but the bigger planes go high? Did you know that the higher the plane goes, the more the outward pressure wants to squeeze the plane? like an aluminum pop can. Uh What's literally happened in the plane, that the higher it goes, the plane begins to adjust the inward pressure to at least match the outward pressure. So that the outward pressure don't crush the plane on those on the inside. You don't feel the adjustment that's being made, but there is an adjustment that's being made on the inside to match the outside. And the higher you go, the greater the adjustment is made on the inside to combat the pressure on the outside. Huh. I, I, I want to say to us that aviation is not the ones who came up with that concept. I, I just want to say to us that God came up with that a long time ago. Before there was planes flying in the air, God knows how to build up the strength of us on the inside to match the pressure on the outside. No matter what you're going through, no matter how rough it gets on the outside, if you are in Christ Jesus and Jesus is in you, you got a mechanism called the Holy Spirit who is the third person of the Godhead that will maximize the pressure on the inside to compete and combat the pressure on the outside. Don't ever think you're going to lose your mind not with Jesus on the inside because he will build up Holy Ghost power to equal the power on the outside. All you got to do is run to him, go to him, fall on your knees to him, and watch the power of God give you everything you need to go through everything you go through. You can't tell me that the problems on the outside can beat the problems on the inside. When God, the Holy Ghost, is on the inside giving you power to rise up, power to overcome, power to have peace, power to have joy, power to overcome. Is there anybody, is there anybody has experienced the power of God?
power source. You have a secret power source. He promised he would never leave you nor forsake you. He promised that the same power that he exerted towards Christ that lifted him up from the grave is the same power that is in you. Before they start, you need, if you don't know Jesus, I got preachers here that will pray with you, that will make sure that you're tapped in to the power source. If you've been out of church for a while, you need to tap in to your power source. Listen, his name is Jesus. Come on. He's waiting on you. He's wanting you. He made the way for you. Don't let nobody stop you from tapping into your power source. Today, if you're here, we want to pray with you. We want to talk with you. Come on. Come on, choir. 